Welcome to Words That Move Me, the podcast where movers and shakers like you get the information and inspiration you need to navigate your creative career with clarity and confidence. I am your host, Dana Wilson, and I move people. I am all about the tools and techniques that empower tomorrow's leaders to make the work of their dreams and live a full life while doing it. So whether you're new to the game or transitioning to your next echelon of greatness, you're in the right place. Hello, hello, my friend. Welcome to Words That Move Me. My name is Dana. I'm stoked you're here. Today, we are joined by a very, very special guest in response to a very important topic, which is getting a lot of attention right now. Yes, today I am joined by the one and only Al Blackstone, and we are talking about cameras in the classroom, my friend. But first, we're going to talk about wins. Today, I am celebrating another and other. Wow, that's two words. We're going to bundle those up and say another another <laughs> sometimes when i try to really enunciate on the podcast i wind up not speaking english i took another great locking class from zuse morales today i'm just floating because i love funk and that woman is really where it's at i am telling you if you are in la and looking for funk look no further than millennium dance complex on a monday at 5 30 p.m zuse is the real deal y'all Today, I watched Zuse be the living, breathing example of that saying, you know, people tell you to learn all the rules so that you can break them. Yes. <laughs> Zuse knows the rules. She embodies the rules, the foundation, the technique, and then she freaks it. I just, wow, yeesh. Ugh. Good dance night. Thank you, Zuse. So much fun. That's me in my funky world. That's my win. Now you go. What is going well in your world? Say it loud. Say it proud, my friend. Congratulations. I'm so glad that I'm falling, falling. So glad that you're winning. So glad that I can stand on my two feet without falling. Long day, y'all. It really was a moment where I could have not gone to class. Like It would have been very easy for me to say, no, I'm going to stay home and pack. My flight leaves at 7 in the morning. I'm just going to take it easy. I didn't, and I'm so glad that I didn't. Um, but now my legs are tired, and I'm falling, standing up. Great. Okay. <sighs> I'm going to give a little context, my friends, a little prologue to today's conversation with Al Blackstone. I do not do this very often, but today Al and I are responding with conversation to a current event that is not really current, I guess. Technically, it is more of a recent event, but it is a currently heated, sensitive, and important issue well worthy of more conversation. Today, we're talking about cameras in the classroom again, my friend, and really, really excited to be joined by Al today. He is such a special, thoughtful, very intelligent, and caring person. I am so thrilled uh, so let's get into it. But again, a little bit of context first. On April Fool's Day, Steps on Broadway, the famous dance studio in New York City, took to their social media with an April Fool's joke that we didn't know was a joke at first, of course. That's how it always starts. Their their message read, we're going old school. We regret to inform you that due to an abundance of requests by students and teachers, we will no longer be filming any more classes. Back to focusing on our craft and technique. Big thanks to all of our videographers. You will be missed. It's a new era. That was the message posted by Steps on April 1st. The dance community responded, ooh, how shall I say, um, powerfully. And the post was taken down along with all of the comments. At that point, our guest, Al, who is a dancer, choreographer, director, and teacher at Steps, jumped up to the plate with his own post, encouraging discourse on the subject. His post reads, I feel very upset about what happened today on Instagram regarding a joke made about filming classes, a very important topic. But I'm even more upset that people are being blocked for sharing their feelings about the subject. These are your classes, and you have every right to speak your feelings about what happens in them. Feel free to comment below. I'd love to know what you think about this obviously sensitive topic. 
And would you believe it? Al sparked some really important, really thoughtful, very, uh, very timely and very, uh, I can't find a better word than important conversation. Today, Al and I are going to debrief a little bit about all of the um, all of the comments that he's gotten and the conversations that he's had since making that post. We're going to share our biggest takeaways, our concerns, and certainly our hopes for the future. I hope you enjoy the one and absolutely only super wonderful Al Blackstone. Hello, Al Blackstone. Welcome to Words That Move Me. Hello, Dana Wilson. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. It's been a long time. It's been a really long time. Yes. I don't actually remember the last time I saw you. 2019, probably. I was in New York for In the Heights, and I think I came to your show. Did you have a show? It was in the lobby of the Joyce Theater, yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Things were a little bit different in 2019. (laughs) Things were a lot a bit different in 2019, but one remains the same, and that is my absolute respect and adoration for you and your work. I am stoked to have you. Thank you so much for being here. Well, first, I will say thank you because I'm trying to be better about not immediately reflecting compliments (laughs) back at people. So first, I will say thank you. And then I will say I'm a great admirer of yours as well, and um, and, a, and a fan of the podcast. So I'm really excited to be here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, well, if you're a fan of the pod, then you know how this starts. You probably know how it goes, but you certainly know how it starts. I will yield the floor and ask you to introduce yourself. Simply tell us anything you want us to know about you. So my intro that I like to say at the beginning of dance classes. Um, that I teach lately is, hi, my name is Al. It's short for Albert. And I like to dance a lot. Yes. That's fantastic. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like that that does in many ways sum, sum it up. Um, but I, I'm i also a, a director and a choreographer and a storyteller and a person and a New Yorker and, um, and, a, and a lover of, of all things dance. Yeah. I love that intro. I think, and and the rest is on a need to know basis. We'll we'll let kind of, or like, or like a you'll get to know as we spend time together basis. I guess. Yes, I like <laughs> that. Um, Marty, when he teaches, Marty Kadelka, when he teaches, has a similar intro. Hi, I'm Marty, and I teach dance. And then class happens. <laughs> it's fascinating. I love examples of uh, concise because I <laughs> myself am a flurry of wordies, and I love. <laughs> This is a perfect example. I could just go forever. Podcast, right? Makes a lot of sense. Okay. It's beautiful. This is kind of an unusual um, thing for the podcast. I don't often talk about current events on the podcast. I think I kind of pride myself in having uh, the listens be universally applicable, but I really pushed to get you on to talk about this subject sooner than later because of some current events. So today we're going to talk not exclusively, but certainly focused towards this concept of cameras in the classroom, which I have talked about on the podcast before, but I really love um, the attention that is on this subject right now. Thanks hugely to you. So number one, thank you for using your platform as a place for discourse. Uh, And also thank you for digging deeper into that concept today. Warning though, we may come out of this with more questions than answers. (laughs) That's where I'll start. (laughs) Of course. Um, Okay, can you tell us in your your own words today what it was that happened for you when that happened on the gram? Sure. And, and I'll say just right off the bat that, you know, I've taught at steps. I've been a student at steps. I'm a big fan of steps. Um, Mm -hmm. And maybe that's partly why I'm so upset. Uh, I I think that my response to it initially was really human in that. And a lot of this conversation, Dana, will probably be about feelings. Um, (laughs) But my feelings were hurt, you know, I, I, and I think my feelings were hurt because um, it's something that I struggle with. And I think, and I think I'm very aware and very in tune with the fact that a lot of dancers are struggling with it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it just felt like, oh my gosh, like it felt like a place that was, uh, is a home 
was sort of like poking fun at something that feels very sensitive. And, you know, and I, I was so, um, uh, yeah, I just, it sort of, it sort of hit me just, it felt like someone kind of hit me in the, in the stomach, mm-hmm. you know, of course they took it down, which was the right thing to do. But then it became really clear that just a lot of people had a lot of feelings about it and they wanted to talk about it. And I thought, well, there should be a place for people to be able to do that. And that's kind of why I responded that way and, and, and opened it up and was totally overwhelmed with the response that it got. It was really pretty moving. Yeah. And, um, and, and I'd like to say, like, I've been thinking about this in, in knowing that we were going to chat and just since the whole thing happened, because obviously a lot of people want to talk to me about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I don't necessarily consider myself at all to be anti-camera in the classroom. I'm just really pro classrooms without a camera. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that, that, that there's just a lot of value in both. And I'm feeling yeah. like there's more and more and more pressure that the standard, the sort of, it becomes almost like just completely expected that there will always be some sort of content mm-hmm. as a result of class. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's, and I'm just, I'm seeing and hearing a lot of people feeling like they don't want to go anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's a problem. Um, well, maybe a problem. I just, it's, it's I mean, <laughs> depends on what you consider a problem, but it's. Oh, oh yes. Ooh, it's, it's great tough. point. It's tough. <laughs> it's a challenge, yeah. and it's uh, it's maybe coming to a fulcrum now, right? It's been slowly tipping, probably since YouTube first started. I mean, cameras yes. in classroom is not new; it's no. not new at all. But I think you're right in that there's probably been a tipping point uh, to where camera becomes synonymous with class. Like if I go to dance class, I will be filmed. And that is, that's odd. Yeah. This is probably the first time we've reached that, you know, that point before, before we get to my debate with myself fully is what this is going to be. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I would love to know if there were any comments that really stood out at you as being something you hadn't thought about a perspective that you hadn't considered or, or anything outstanding in general that you'd like to share? I mean, I think, oh, that was such a good question. Um, I think that it became very clear that people are feeling like suddenly this place is result oriented. And, you know, this feeling that like, um, at least if you're a professional dancer, you know, like I'm already going to auditions. I don't really want to feel like I'm continually auditioning Hmm. uh, in the room because I think the way some people hold their classes, but like, you know, at the end of the class or they choose people to be on camera. And, um, but some of the things that I've heard were also just like, I want to be able to go to dance class looking awful or you know um or just like general privacy like i just don't feel like dance class ha- there's like a lack of privacy um, yes. and that extends also and i think it's you're right this is not a new issue this is something from way way be- before covid but what covid did now at least in new york city and a lot of my perspective is really new york centered because that's where i live mm-hmm. and that's where i work and that's where i teach for the most part um after COVID, there are cameras, there are also TV screens in every classroom and every studio, at least in, uh, wow. you know, uh, like at least I'd say Steps and Broadway Dance Center, because there is now a hybrid option that if you want to take class from home, you can also take class from home. So even if there isn't a professional crew in the room, there is a camera filming the class. And now like I'm teaching people in their living rooms. And if you're taking the class, like you're, you're captured, your body is on someone else's screen. Wow. Okay. That isn't, that's a new thought focus for me. I had not considered that. And it certainly shows up here in LA occasionally, but it's not, certainly not in every room in the studios that film the most like millennium dance complex, I think Mm -hmm. is probably top of that list. No, uh, uh, no screens in there, no hybrid options, I think. So that I had not considered at all. That brings up a very interesting angle. Yeah, it's complex, right? It's a complex mm-hmm. issue. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so I think, and and I, I 
and again, like, I think I feel similar to you. I feel conflicted myself about it. Like what is progress? And also I want the studios to all survive and be here and thrive. Like that is what I want for everyone. We want Um, dance studios to stay open for everybody. Yeah. Like, you know, of course. So like, obviously like this, and of course it's amazing. Yes. That people all over the world can take these classes. That is a beautiful thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I just, I think that, uh, one of the best things about this whole thing is just is like having this conversation with you. I think totally. it's just forcing us to kind of like let's talk about it more. And I also, in general, feel frustrated with dance community in the sense that dancers just very rarely get a place to talk and right. talk about what's going on or talk about how they're feeling, especially you know people that are taking the classes. Um, yeah, and in the business sense, if the customer is always right, <laughs> but the customer is silent. <laughs> Then totally. where where are we going? Yeah, dancers, I I very much agree with that. Unlike restaurants and retail, the we don't have the place to voice our concerns without voicing them to the educator, who in some cases is the person we're hoping to hire us. So we're not trying exactly. to ruffle any feathers there. Exactly. It's hard to get contact with the studio director. Um, so yeah, I think that's a huge area or opportunity for improvement. Um, I had... Bill Prudish on the podcast, or I interviewed him a few days ago. This episode will come out before his, but I'm hearing a lot of echoes. Um, and I think if nothing else, it just proves or shows how valid this conversation is. And I think like, as I'm listening to you, as I'm thinking about the comments that I read and I didn't even get through all of them, I, I, I'm gelling on my perspective, which is dramatic pause. I I personally love an opportunity to practice a skill that I didn't really know I was going to have to practice. Like I I I love going into a dance class and they're like, "Okay, so actually you guys are going to be embodying alligators and so we're <laughs> going to really focus on a kind of animalistic nature." And I didn't know that. And I didn't know that walking into it, but I'm like, okay, now I'm on my knees and hands and I'm like pretending mm-hmm. like I've got a big snapping jaw and this is cool. I think the same is true or something similar is true, although, you know, the capture of it and then the sales of it is a whole nother angle. But like, mm. I don't think it's results focus, result focused mm. to be in a room practicing managing your mind around the camera that is Mm -hmm. also in the room. In fact, I think it's a really important skill to be able to think about dance and something else at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I can be thinking about a camera while I'm dancing. Um, And in order to do that, there actually requires the presence of a camera. So to practice that skill, you actually have to have the thing there to do it. I live Mm -hmm. in LA. I work in LA. Mm -hmm. Certainly cameras show up around these parts a lot. Um, but something that's interesting is that I don't always decide where they show up on set while I'm rehearsing or in hair and makeup. All of a sudden, there's a BTS camera. And mm-hmm. because of my experience in class, I know how to monitor the way I think about it. I know how to, you know, be conscious of my behavior around it. Uh, I certainly can decide to leave. I certainly can decide what I say and do. It's a kind of empowering thing to be able to have awareness of that thing and awareness of my agency over how I think and feel about it. That said, I'm not pro cameras in the classroom. What I am pro is permission. I'm pro transparency and I'm super pro dancers and choreographers owning their work. So that brings us to where I have a problem, which is the economy of it. Like who owns what? How much are people paying to go to class? Are we effectively paying to be in a commercial for the studio, for the Mm -hmm. choreographer? Mm -hmm. Um, Who owns that footage and who's benefiting from the footage? I do think in many cases the dancers do, but have they given their permission? Like, I don't even actually know. I don't actually know if when I sign up for class and purchase my class card, if, if I am also agreeing to the terms of the studio, which probably includes some language about being filmed. I don't even know. I don't either. But I I know there aren't flyers. I know I don't sign on my way in. I know I don't sign releases of, you know, the studio or the choreographer using my likeness and perpetuity in this universe and any other. I know I didn't sign that on the way in. But I do wonder about those things. And something I've noticed happening in L.A., 
which I think is a healthy redistribution of that kind of power and ownership, is uh, studios and teachers who teach independently will have an open Dropbox folder. It's where all the footage goes. It's where Mm -hmm. the photos go. And dancers can download and keep the content that lives there. They can share it on their page. They can add it to their professional, you know, reels or like they have access to high quality stuff, not screen grabs, not not anything like that. Really, I like that thought. Um, But I think the thing I like the most is being upfront about what will be happening and what you can expect in certain classes. Um, That's my two cents. That's what I think. And Steps is like, I mean, immediately like started to immediately um, improve their policies and change their policy, like immediately, which I think was really admirable um, Mm -hmm. to try to be more transparent, to be more clear. And my hope is that a lot of teachers, people that are giving class, noticed this conversation and felt this rush of heat and and responsibility twice before just constant exactly because it's really at least in new york it's up to the teacher i don't you know you don't have to film your classes i don't i know that there is a pressure and a lot of teachers feel like they have to um Mm -hmm. i know that there are teachers like that responded saying like well how am i supposed to market my class and my answer is like we are constantly all being creative with social media all the time. I do not think that you need to have video footage of people that come strangers, some of them people you don't even know, taking your class in order to promote your choreography. Like, I just think that's not true, um, personally. Mm-hmm. But going mm-hmm. back to one of the things that you said earlier about like being able to like respond and think about dance and also the camera, like for me, and I think for some other people, I am on my phone a lot you know, and, mm-hmm. and I, I personally like think it's a problem in my life. You know, mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm working to try to be on my phone less because I, I feel totally addicted to it. Um, mm-hmm. And dance class feels like a place where I, I can be fully present in my body and with other people and in, in a space. And mm-hmm. I, I personally like sometimes resent that this is infiltrating now it's like one of the few spaces mm. where i feel like i can feel free of it and feel present yeah. and and right. i think myself and i think a lot of other people are going to just start taking yoga instead like you know and, and i think uh, and i and that like and again you're is that a problem i don't know maybe dance class is right. changing and maybe it's going to be for different people now but there's also something in new york about the intergenerational um nature of dance class and these spaces where there are people from many ages and generations there are people that are young professionals there are people that are old professionals there are people that are beginners there are people of all ages and that to me is what is magical about these spaces and mm-hmm. you are more and more seeing that the only people coming to classes are in their early 20s and Who they are want to be working and want to be yes. on social media mm-hmm. yes and and that is also something that, and I've noticed it even in my classes and I don't really, I mean, I film every once in a while, mm-hmm. but I would say over my career, I've probably filmed maybe 3% of the classes that I've taught. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing even the people coming to my class is changed because I think the general, and I, these are guesses. I don't really know if this is true. My impression yeah. is that who's coming to these spaces has changed dramatically. Um, wow. I think that that's part of it. That's a powerful observation. I I see that. I certainly felt, I mean, I think this is part of growing up in general. However, it might be a bias simply that I think everyone's a baby. Like I'm 36 (laughs) now. So when I, when I go to class, even if people are also 30, I just look out at the room and I'm like, I'm old, they're young. Um, But I'm, I'm sure that if we measured, I I bet you're right. I bet you're right. Um, I, I have a, a short list of questions that I would love to kind of meditate on with you because I think the subject of, you know, patronage and if I have three hours where I get to decide where I put my money and my time and my body and I was, you know, face to face with something that, that, that I didn't like, yeah, of course I would go somewhere else. So I'm wondering what, what makes dance class dance class? Because like you said, is it a problem if people go somewhere else? Like, are we maybe going to see new spaces spring up, new hybrid wellness facilities that aren't about dance training, but they are about relating to your body? Maybe what was will forever be changed, but what's next might be better? Question mark. I don't know. What, what do you think makes it dance class? 
What are the requirements for it to be a dance class? Okay. I think that a dance class is a space where people are being led through movements that connect to music and usually some sort of tradition um, or specific idea. I usually, they require space. Traditionally, there is a mirror. I don't think there has to be one. Mm -hmm. But to me, a dance class is on some level about moving your body in space with music and other people. Mm. I like what you said too about a, a tradition. There is some part of it that is repeatable, that is uh, um, predictable, because that suggests this whole thing that Bill Prudish was so adamant about, which is training. And in yeah. order to train, you must there's you must repeat and make measurable a thing. And that's another area where I think kind of coming back to the camera, I love the way that video helps to make dance and progress measurable. I can see the way that I looked in January is different than the, the way that I look in July if I've been repeating, you know, the same class, the same techniques or the same whatever. Um I really enjoy video for that. But uh, I think one thing that makes dance class not dance class is the idea of an audience, which makes it a performance. And I think that's that was one thing that Bill was huge about is like, stop performing. Why are you performing at me right now? This is like, it's okay to be grubby, which you also spoke to. Like people feel mm -hmm. unable to go to class looking shabby. and. I, when I think about Edge Performing Arts Center and Steps, I think about work. I think about it smelling. Mm -hmm. I think about like those summers. Oh my God, when you couldn't wear makeup because it would be in your eyes and you can't see. Like that, I that I love. And I do think as soon as you put something on film and you're considering the audience, it's it does change a little bit. It becomes a performance versus a training, uh, a training ground. Although that, again, that said, sometimes the audience is me. Like I film myself freestyling at home just to evaluate how I look. It's hard to get outside of me enough to really give myself some feedback without a tool like that. So a tool, again, is kind of what how I think of it, the camera. Well, and I think that that's all super valid. I mean, for me, and I can only really speak to the spaces that I've been in, but mm -hmm. there's like a feeling of being in a room with a bunch of people and experiencing something similar. Like there is a sense in a class that you're, you're all doing the same material. You're all working towards the same thing. There is yeah. a feeling of being part of something bigger than yourself that I think is one of my favorite things about dance class mm. and pot mm. potentially like to me makes it spiritual and makes it like something very yeah, there's an otherness about it. Yeah, and I, I've never felt that change. Uh, I've never felt a camera come into a room and not felt feel that change a little bit. Mm. Feel like suddenly now the energy is going somewhere else. And suddenly now there is like a sense of just something shifting, whether totally. it's good or bad. I totally. don't know. But I do have to say as someone that's like, you know, been in dance classrooms my whole life, Right. I feel it in my guts that something shifts and that's that. And, and I don't want that shift in the rooms that I lead um, uh -huh. personally um, yeah. unless, you know, and, 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 and yet I think that that shift can be fabulous. Like you're saying, like, especially if everyone knows like that it's going to happen, okay, then it's it like comes. we're prepared for and here we go. And now, okay, fine. We're all going through the same thing, but are we, because that, there is a videographer who's choosing where that camera goes. So you also, it's not like we're all going through the same thing. Some of us are going to go through a very different thing because some of us are going to get either ignored by the camera or the camera's going to find it. You know, it mm -hmm. does just change the feeling of unity in a space. And, mm -hmm. and, um, and that's one of the things that I have a hard time with about it because I like ending a, a, a class and just sort of feeling like we did that. <laughs> um, we, we all together. Yeah. Which raises another interesting question and a comment that was brought up on your post. Somebody was mentioning, you know, I pay 20, I've paid the same 20 some dollars for the class as everybody else. But for the last 15 to 20 minutes of class, there are select groups that I'm not chosen for. That's 20 minutes of me not dancing. 
and sure, could you be learning from watching? Yes, absolutely. But you and I both know like the physical being dancing, especially in New York City, where if if you're living in a small apartment and you pay to go be in a big space so you can move your body big, and then all of a sudden you find your two feet standing right underneath yourself for 20 minutes, I also would not be stoked. Um, but this raises the question, is it more fair or less fair that everyone be filmed? Like, all right, filming all groups, like, let's go. Because that doesn't sound good to me either. I don't think I would want to be made to dance in front of camera. That feels... No, like you're boring. you're right. And there is a spontane spontaneity about, like, where is it going to go that I think is part of the fun of it and the magic of it. So I, I, I think that that's super valid. I also think just going back a little bit to what you're saying about, like, I've paid my money and I'm in this room. I think it's also important to just, like say out loud that I think being a dancer right now and trying to be a professional dancer specifically is incredibly difficult, especially Ooh. in a city like New York, where it's just, it's hard for anyone to afford living there. So yeah. now we're talking about like it, these are spaces that people really need and I think yeah. live for. And like, yeah. if, if they're working a part-time job to be able to live with their four roommates and maybe get seen at an audition and now they're going to a class and they're not getting their full hour and a half. Yeah. I think that's, I think that that's an injustice. I don't just think that it's like not cool. I think it's an injustice. I am 100% with you. $22 or $25 is a lot of money. I, I, that is my thought, but I'm thinking about my 18 year old self who was working for minimum wage at Urban Outfitters. I, I would make less working a job for that amount of time for an hour and a half than it costs to take yeah. the class. Um, yeah. and yeah. that is tough. Go ahead. I just, yeah, I think also it's important to say that it's really been left up to the teachers. Like, again, the teachers yeah. can do whatever they want in their rooms. They don't have to have the camera. And I mm -hmm. think that there are just one of the things that I found in some of the responses was a little bit of a, of a, of a cluelessness, like from some people oh. where it's just sort of like, are you not, are you not feeling like, that because I think it really works for some people. It's working great for some people, particularly for some teachers. Uh -huh. Like they come in, they get paid, they get footage, they get content, mm -hmm. and it's great for them. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess the answer, the, the argument to that would be, well, then people don't have to take their class, and that's super valid. I just get frustrated with the lack of like awareness and sensitivity around totally. how the community is feeling. Um, and, yes. and the fact that like, Clearly, there should there needs to be just again more dialogue. So, so yeah. glad we're having this chat. <laughs> Speaking of dialogue, and I think that's so important because it kind of loops us back to uh, the creative short sightedness. If a studio or the choreographer f thinks they have to film a class in order to market, I'm I'm reminded of the power of word of freaking mouth. Like, you go ahead and tell that to Sleep No More, who has been sold out for years on end without ever a billboard, without ever a flyer, without ever a radio spot. That shit is cool because it's a secret. Like, mm -hmm. I love that idea. And I, I think there should be way more room for mystery in creative lives in general. Why do we have to blast everything? That was another Bill Prudishism. You're just going to all have to come back and listen to the episode. It'll come out in a couple I can't minutes, wait but, to hear it. Oh, it's so wonderful. He's yeah. like, listen, you do not need to post everything you film. Put your phone mm. down. <laughs> and I uh, resonate with that very much, part, uh, partly because part of my finding my creative voice was through the camera. I put myself on a very strict you know, daily video regiment. Mm -hmm. I told myself I will make a dance video every single day for a year. And it taught me so much about myself, about technology, about audiences, what they like, what they don't like. This was back in 2014. I think we, uh, I know that I overlapped with you at one point, I think, uh, we taught at CC and co together. Yeah. I didn't we, realize that. Yeah. Did, did you, you, was that part of that? No, well, I think it was around the same time. I didn't use that as a daily, but I know it was at the same time because 
one of my dailies was in North Carolina. I think I'll have to go back and check out. I can't remember. Um, but I, I'm certain that my position on this is informed by my experience with that, um, which was an overall positive. I simp- I, I'm, I'm trying to reposition myself to see different angles, and there is no position in which less conversation or less voice is more better. We should hear way more from the dancers about what they are looking for from their class time and from their money, from the dollar amount that they pay for it. Um, and I think, yes, the responsibility from the educators should always be towards the people they're teaching first. Do they need to survive? Yes, absolutely. Um, they can, they're going to be fine. And especially as creative types, they can do so creatively. <laughs> I think, I mean, and I think that there is, you know, you hear a lot of people say like, well, you know, they don't, people don't want to take my class unless I have followers. And, uh-huh. you know, there's a lot of like fear that if you're not relevant in that sphere, then you can't get people to come and, or you can't get people to listen to you, period, which is mm-hmm. valid. I think, I mean, with young people, mm-hmm. I just, my answer is then just like give a better class. I don't know. Maybe that's insensitive and I'm in a privileged position to say that. But um, I do think that there are people that really want, there are people that want all different kinds of spaces. And yeah. I think that there are spaces for everyone. I, I think if we get in trouble, I, I think about like the, the generation 20 years from now of dancers, you know, and I think mm-hmm. of Bill Prudish as someone who's like, yeah, there was a lot of, there's a lot that was upheld that, 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 that we've all upheld from what we've learned. Some of it, not great, you know, but a lot of it really beautiful. And I worry that so much of that is getting tossed aside and that if suddenly now the only people that are teaching are influencers or people that have a strong following and great dance videos, then what is it going to be like 10, 20 years from now? And what is dance class going to be like? Yeah. Um, what is the level of dance going to be? Well, yeah. And and I think right now we're, it's this idea that like you should already be trained when you get to New York or LA, you've already learned everything you need to know. And now it's the time to build your following or now is the time to show what you can do. But I think there are a lot of people that really want to just continue learning or they just want to just like take a class. And it's not that deep. They just like want to take a ballet class and they don't want to have someone filming themselves right next to them. You know, like, and I think that that's like valid. I don't know. You know? So yeah, that actually, that is, there's kind of this different thing. Maybe we're talking about two different things at the same time. I did notice in one of the classes that I take regularly out here. um, Yes. Someone from the front desk, comes in with a phone and they do a couple portrait mode, like story type things at the end of class. But before that even happens, like probably last 10, 15 minutes of class, all of the students grab their phones and put them up at the front and like are dancing for the phone. I, the last time it happened, I was, it was like a flood. Like everybody ran to the front and propped up their little phones and everybody's little screens are facing forward. And I was just like, whoa, I just kept going because I kept going. But looking at that happen, I was like, oh, this is what people, okay. So my philosophy, I teach on convention also, different space, different type of thing, also kind of different authority a little bit Mm -hmm. because these people are minors. So when I lead a class, I make it sure that it is known. I'm Dana. You talk to my assistant. If you need to use the restroom, any other questions come to me. And Mm -hmm. um. Whenever I see phones come out on convention, I stop the music and we have a conversation about it. And I say, this is my classroom. And my policy on filming yourself or your friends dancing is that you must ask me first. Wow. And then they don't, they don't ask and they don't film. And it's that part is funny to me because they would rather not connect with me face to face, question to question, voice to voice then have that thing that I know they want so bad, which is them dancing on film to post on the grid. So I, I also teach on convention and, and this weird thing has happened this season where I thought I had this idea, like in the mini room, I teach musical theater and at the end of the class, um, you know, we've, we've learned it and we've like rehearsed it. And now, you know, we're going to have our like little performance of the, of the dance that they've learned. And mm-hmm. what I do is at the, the very last time I do it, they all do it together. And I invite anyone that's watching in the room, sitting in the room to come to the front and watch it from the front so they can the see audience. their faces, you know, cause yeah. they're watching from That's behind, true. right? Yeah, and there's just yeah. so much 
beauty happening with these these children like it's so beautiful they're my favorite little minis oh it's amazing and of course you don't you can finish the story like i don't even have to tell you all the parents bring their people who are they all they're not watching they aren't dana they are not watching their children yeah at all they're Mm -hmm. literally just focused on getting the video which i get it you know they feel like i whatever it's not a judgment it's just Okay, but is where is the value of just like being in a space and seeing and connecting and being together and uh-huh. and having that transference? It's just it's sad. I feel like also I, I I wonder sometimes there yes, like a lot of dancers want to be on camera. It's 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 a huge part of the industry and but also just performing live is a very different skill set. Totally. And I worry a little bit that like we're so focused on now dancing for camera and so used to it that like actually dancing for human other humans which is a different experience mm-hmm. is somehow maybe getting uh lost a bit but wow or will this increase you know t- in the 20 years from now picture will the live theater experience be even more precious and and you know you talk about supply and demand if everything is filmed always Will we actually pay more to to go to places where you can't film? I know some like very top top celebrities are taking your phones away at the door, and people don't care. They're like, "Excellent, take it." I'm so excited to see Bruno Mars slash Madonna slash whoever. I kind of think that that might I, be an. Interesting I think you're right. I, I think yeah. you're right, and I also think that like part of, I don't know. I think my hope is that like some people in a smaller version of this coming back to like classroom dancing is that teachers will start advertising their classes as camera free. Like, mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be smart? Like Straight up. it's a camera free class. And then you know what, if no one ever takes that class, like, I mean, I mean, you know, I don't know, but I, oh. I, I think that that's part of why people have enjoyed coming to my class for many years is that mm-hmm. there's like a, a very clear um, value system. And I think it appeals to a lot of people, not everyone, totally. but a lot of people. It's it's like the Fight Club, right? Like you have to know about it to be in there, and you have to. It's not blasted. It's not. It's just talked about on a one to one basis. I'm thinking specifically of my seaweed sisters, Jillian Myers and Megan Lawson, who oh, I know. are are very. I think Jillian, especially because she now is teaching regularly at Genesis, um, and Megan has occasionally filmed in the past, but I think on the whole is a a relatively phone-free zone, but Jillian is explicit about that. And that doesn't keep people from going. It is a small but mighty group and the focus is tight and it's awesome. I love to behold it. Yeah. I think, I think that's it. I think that's really it. Just say what it is, say what it isn't. Yeah. And, and then allow the people to choose where they put their bodies, their time and their dollars. Agreed. Agreed. And I think ultimately like this whole thing is positive, you know, like I, as, as I like even look back, I mean, how long it's been like 10 days already, but you know, I think it's something that has been brewing and something that has been on people's minds. And I think mostly we all just have a lot of questions about it. Yeah. So many questions. Just like this conversation has been so many questions and we're not going to know the answers, but I think it's important that we keep the platform open (laughs) to keep the discussion going um, as it continues to evolve so, so, so rapidly. So fast, so fast. Um, Well, thank you for that. Thank you for weighing in also. Um, Perhaps a clunky transition, but because I'm a fan (laughs) of you and your work, I would love to know what you are looking forward to, if that's project-based or training-based, if that's dance world based, if that's simply Al's life as a human first based. Um, just curious what you're looking forward to right now. What's going on? In your okay. Life? So I've been hitting it really hard. This, this, okay. this is last like four or five months. I've been teaching a ton and traveling a ton. So June, I know that seems like a long way away. It's April mm-hmm. right now, but it's like pretty, like it's going to, I'm going to have like a little bit of a, like a summer where I'm going to be able to just be in New York and be with my husband. I'm really married. And, um, yeah. And I'm really looking forward to that. Um, 
And we have an event. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I've ever gotten to talk to you about it, but he and I started this event called Moment, which is Moment without the T. And it's basically um, dance events for adults that are sort of inspired by a dance convention experience. But we do like three-day events right now for adults to come together and kind of like get to know each other and take a bunch of dance classes and like journal and we have live music and it's like a bunch of different styles and yes, I'm please. really 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 passionate about it and and I'm so so we just finished one this weekend and I'm just so excited to see where that continues to evolve um, yeah a because I love dancers b because I'm doing it with my husband which is so beautiful as c because I think there's a need and I think it's honestly without all of the stuff that we've been talking about I don't think that we would have um put all this energy into making moment, which is sort of like, I feel like I need to create a space where I can really have a strong value system and I can, um, and we can decide how things are going to go. <laughs> um, and that's beautiful. Oh man. Yeah, so. I wish people could hear the smile on my face when you speak about this. That's so <laughs> fantastic. Uh, I will be sure to link to the website or registration anyway that, that people can sign up for that. Uh, Location-wise, where where is Moment happening? So right now we're doing it in New York. It's like a New York-based thing, but of course people keep asking if we're gonna if we're gonna Travel branch out. out. And, and yeah. We would love to. You know, it's just amazing what happens, Dano. And I, I mean, I I know that you know this, and I'm excited to just say these words to you. Um, it's just amazing what happens when you put a bunch of people that love dance as much as we do in a room together, and you just let them do that continuously for three days. <laughs> Um, like it's, kinetic, like magic, like bottle that and sell it and you'd be rich forever, it, but, but you can't. And that's why it's great. That's the value yeah, of it. Exactly. And, oh, and just fantastic. like, yeah, it's amazing. And, and, you know, it's, it's really renewed my faith in the community and renewed my faith in how things are as, as angry as I get about some things and frustrated. I'm also just like completely absolutely madly in love with the new generation of people um i think even and then this is separate because you know it's 18 and over so it is still young there are a lot of very young people um mm -hmm. and of course even teaching on convention i think that the next generation and, and the generation now all the people that are dancing right now i think are amazing that's what i'm yeah. trying to say uh, the, the overall skill level is very high and the passion level i mean i think yeah. there's just so many people that love it so 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 much and i think it's so special and i i just i'm so happy that we're able to you know create a space where people can just kind of live in that love for it and do it together and do it you know like there are so many magical things that happen in that room and yeah like if we had a camera crew in there you know it would be really great for our business um but i think that we really feel like the thing that makes it special is that it disappears and it hopefully just stays in people's, you know, hearts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The temporary nature of it, again, in the supply and demand sense, if there's, you know, if the moment is only there for that one second, if you know that you can't just watch it back on video later, you're going to really be dialed in like, like eyes wide completely. I, I remember, I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I can't remember when. I, in the in the early days of JT rehearsing for the 2020 experience, Marty invited me to go listen to some rehearsals for them, and uh, just like band rehearsal. And I sat in a sound studio, sound stage. I sat in, whatever. I sat in the studio at center staging on a couch, and I was the only non- band person in there. Marty wasn't there at the time. No other assistants were there, no management, no nothing. It was just me. And they started playing Mirrors. And that song is big. And I felt like I might explode being the only vessel there to absorb it. So my eyes like bugged out of my head. It felt like all of my pores opened and I was just like receiving the sound. And I wish that like Every mega fan in the world got to experience what that feels like. But I I think some part of that is available to us all the time. If we just pause 
and receive all the things that are happening right now, the wind, the temperature, the smile of the passerby over there, you know, the actual music, the vibration of it, the person standing in front of me, the heat of the person standing next to me. Like I can feel that if I really think about it. And mm. I think, yes, what you're saying, the, the, the sensory real estate that frees up when we aren't thinking about a camera and we aren't looking at ourselves on a screen allows you to be focused on other things. And that is super special. Agreed. I'm so glad that you're doing what you're doing. I'm so glad that you came here today to share. Grateful to know you, my friend. Thank you so much. Truly, truly a pleasure. And thanks for all the beautiful work that you do for our community. Thank you, my friend. Mutual, mutual respect. Um, okay, I'll hopefully cross paths with you, with you soon, maybe at Moment someday. Oh my God, you're always very welcome. Ah, <sighs> say less. I'm there. Okay, Al, <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Have a good one. Bye. Well, my friend, what do you think? What do you think about all of that? <laughs> More questions than answers, perhaps? Or do you have some answers? Do you have some strong answers? I tell you, my one problem with the podcast format is that it can feel very one-sided. I would love to hear from you, especially on this topic, and I'm sure that Al would as well. Please visit the show notes to find out where you can find more Al. And certainly head over to Instagram. We are at Words That Move Me Podcast. Leave us a comment or a DM. You can also email us at WTMMPodcast at gmail.com. I am so looking forward to keep this conversation going and hopefully get some good functional A's to some of these very important cues. Thank you all for being here. Of course, get out into the world, keep it exceptionally funky, and I will talk to you soon. This podcast was produced by me with the help of many. Music by Max Winnie, logo and brand design by Brie Reitz, and big thanks to Riley Higgins, our executive assistant and editor. Also, massive thanks to you, the mover who is no stranger to taking action. So go take action. I will not, cannot stop you from downloading episodes or leaving a review and a rating. I will not ban you from my online store for spending your hard-earned money on the cool merch and awesome programs that await you there. I will 100% not stop you from visiting wordsthatmoveme.com if you want to talk with me, work with me, and make moves with the rest of the Words That Move Me community. Oh, and also, I will not stop you from visiting thedanawilson.com if you're curious about all the things that I do that are not Words That Move Me related. <laughs> all right, my friend, keep it funky. I'll talk to you soon.